okay, everybody's got a fucking podcast. I mean, we have a podcast, so obviously anyone can do it. Wait, this is a podcast? Are you recording right now? Technical difficulties. No, you don't have to say anything. I'm going to edit it out. Technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. I put mayonnaise on a pickle. Yo, I know y'all ain't playing skee-ball. <laughs> I'm trying to go to bed. Do I see? I mean, my feet stink, right? Yeah. I was thinking I would uh, read this summary to uh, Motherless Brooklyn real quick. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, wait, her. we watched that, didn't we? I think we did. Oh, my God. Let's go ahead and do a What quick, a coincidence. Uh, it was on my computer just wow, now. starring uh, Edward Norton and uh, yep. Brad Pitt. Uh, nope. It's a fight team. No, it's not that nope. one. Nope, wrong, wrong. Wrong movie. movie. Yep. Uh, first rule of Fight Club. Don't nope. talk about Fight Club. No, 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 no not, not that one. Nope. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Let's go ahead and get the recap. Let's go ahead and get the synopsis. Okay. In 1950s New York City, Lionel Lesserog works at a detective agency alongside Gilbert Coney, Danny Fantle. Okay. They definitely did never said his last name in the movie. Danny Fantle? What is his name? Or Tony Vermonti. Let's just get past that. Go ahead. They definitely did not say either of those guys' last names in the movie. You heard Gilbert Coney, but that was it. Anyway, their boss, Frank Minna, Bruce Willis, rescued them as children from an abusive orphanage. Mm Mm-hmm. Nicknamed Motherless Brooklyn by Frank, yes. Lionel has Tourette syndrome and OCD, often alienating him from people. Yes. But his strong verbal <laughs> strong verbal and photographic memory make him a good detective. Working a secret case, Frank asks Lionel and Gilbert to shadow him to a meeting. Lionel listens over the phone as Frank presents documents that threaten a business deal for a man named William Lieberman, who's there with his assistant Lou and an extremely large henchman. When Frank tries to negotiate a high price, the men force him to take them to the originals. Lionel and Gilbert follow in their car, arriving just as Frank is shot. Excuse me. They take him to the hospital, but Frank dies. Frank's widow, Julia, leaves Tony in charge of the office. Lionel begins wearing Frank's hat and coat, and a matchbook in Frank's pocket leads Lionel to an African-American-owned jazz bar in Harlem. He realizes that Frank's Frank's findings involve Laura Rose, who works for Gabby Horowitz, fighting urban renewal. Poor and minority neighborhoods are being bought out and demolished, forcing out their residents. Lionel goes to a public meeting where Moses Randolph, a commissioner of several developmental development authorities, is loudly contested by Horowitz in the audience. Stealing a reporter's credentials, Lionel talks to a man named Paul, who is raging against Moses at the meeting, and tells him Moses is the real power in the city government, even beyond the mayor. Under the guise of him reporting... Oh, shit. I scrolled too much. Sorry. Under the guise... Come on, man. Can you work on your scrolling? I man? know, I know. Oh, my God. Under the guise of reporting on the urban renewal story... Lionel gets to, lo- gets to know Laura. She takes him to a club Frank was investigating, where her father, Billy, assuming Lionel is one of Moses' men, has him beaten unconscious. Lionel is rescued by a trumpet player and discovers that Paul is Moses' brother and an engineer. He realizes Lieberman is receiving kickbacks on many of the housing deals and that the housing relocation programs are scams. Get out of here. <laughs> Paul presents Moses with a huge renovation plan to improve the city. Billy calls Lionel, apologizing for the attack and offering to meet with information. However, Lionel arrives to find Billy murdered, his death staged as a suicide. Staying the night with a distraught Laura at her house, Lionel admits his true identity and that he believes she is in danger. Finding photos of Paul meeting with Billy on his own, Lionel confronts Laura, who explains that her uncle, Paul, is her real father. Paul denies this to Lionel and explains that Frank and Billy plan to get more money out of Randolph's goons against Paul's protests. He begs Lionel to find the evidence. Lionel is brought to Moses, who invites him to join his team and stop snooping. The 24 hours to decide. 
Inside Frank's hat, Lionel finds the key to a Pennsylvania state <clears throat> station storage locker containing a property deed and Laura's birth certificate, which reveals Moses is her father. Lionel gives the key to Paul and runs into Tony, who has been working surveillance for Randolph. Tony admits he has been sleeping with Julia and tells Lionel to make Moses' deal since Laura will soon be killed. Lionel races to save Laura, stopping her before she enters her apartment, and they flee. Laura knocks, knocks the large hedgeman, henchman off the fire escape, and Lou corners them with a gun, but is hit in the head with a trumpet by the trumpet player, who drives Laura out of town. Lionel meets Moses, reveals that he raped Laura's mother, a hotel employee. Paul forged Moses' signature on the birth certificate, and exposure of this secret threatened Moses. Lionel warns Moses to leave Laura alone, or he will release the information. He informs Moses that Lieberman is on the take, and asks that when Moses has Lieberman killed, to tell him it is for Frank. Uh, Moses tells Lionel to tell Paul that his plans for the city will proceed. The next day, Paul learns that Moses denied his plans out of spite when Lionel mails the information about Lieberman to the reporter whose credentials he stole. Lionel drives to the seaside property Frank left him, uh, where Laura is waiting for him. Uh, it does have a quick thing in here. Differences between the movie and book. Let's, you let's, wait, let's in that? wait on that. You want to wait on that? Let's wait on that. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and get into the... Synopsis. The nitty gritty. The nitty gritty, man. Because that synopsis was a lot. <clears throat> was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. It's a good movie, though. It, it's a very it, good it movie. It was a good movie. For real. Doesn't it sound like a great movie? Have you seen Charles? Nope. Charles just got here. Yeah, just so, got here. Charles just got here. <laughs> a little rough. We just watched it. Fresh Charles, off of COVID. Fresh two off shots off. in already. Two baby. shots fresh in. Off of fresh COVID, off the two COVID. Two shots in. I mean, this guy is yeah. fresh and ready for podcasting. He but is he is here. just, as far as the uh, 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 source material, he's not all the way there. I'm not going to lie to you. Halo Infinite has hit my house. It has hit my house worse than the. We'll talk about that in the next in the one. 80s. We'll talk about the end in the yeah, Halo yeah, Two yeah, podcast. I've been, I've been playing. We'll talk about that one later, man. What's your gamer tag? We gotta get. We gotta get two v two going. Don't, man. You don't listen. Games. I'm on PC. Oh, okay. yeah, still game, still Sorry, game, hold on. I'll get your shit later. Right, and right, as far right. as Motherless Brooklyn goes, uh-huh. that was a great movie, man. Yes, I'm really glad you recommended it. Um, Edward Norton. Uh-huh. Is like insane at acting. It's yes, literally, yes. I, I I don't know, man. I, he might be the best actor I've ever seen. After watching, he's fantastic. I, I don't know, he man. plays this guy with Tourette's and OCD. Mm. He, uh, it, it's funny. Um, so, <laughs> said, mm. sorry, when he said that, I was like, mm. oh. no, I think I do. I like Edward Norton a lot, actually. And it's, when I was looking at the, uh, I was looking at the little thing on IMDb. It did have actors in it that I do like yeah it's a fantastic movie uh it actually didn't do as well as you think um here's the other thing let me hand you Methodist Brooklyn so you can take he just stood up by the way he is all the way on his feet right now all six feet too all many goddamn inches ten, ten feet take that home ten toes down give it a watch it's fantastic um handed Charles the blu-ray he is looking at it right <laughs> now in oh all. yeah yes William so, Defoe's really good too. Willem, 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 William Defoe. William. You gotta William say Willem like you it's can't William. like it's W I L L E. In my book, it's William. Let me say. Well, that's because you can't fucking read then. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> it's spelled W I L L E. There's no I. Like you didn't go to the same school. That's where the E comes from. This is English, Charles. We speak we speak English in this Winnie. house. Willem. <laughs> <Well, laughs> exactly. Well, like that. Yeah. We're across the pond. Well, 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 yeah, a little English to it. Well, yeah, let's well, go back to the, to the, the well, I don't even know why that's a To the thing. British accent. Oh, Willem Dafoe. So we got Edward Norton. Absolutely fucking kills it. Bruce Willis. 
I'm surprised he's not. I had he didn't have more scenes. I mean, he did have yeah flashbacks. He did yeah like two, and he wasn't like largely involved. It was remember what I said. Lionel, and then all of a sudden, next he's like he's on the cover. Oh, so, I know, well, because he's big. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty big, man, but he has a very minor role. Was he a producer? Because I know sometimes he like produces mm. shit. True. That he's in. Um, let's see here. Let's can we get a Google on that? I don't know if he's necessarily the. Let's see if let's see if Bruce Willis is producer on Marvelous Brooklyn. But as far as him playing. Uh, what was what was his uh, Frank right? Mm-hmm. Frank no, no. I think he did great as Frank. I kind of felt uh, I felt that fatherly role because I think that's what not a producer. Was, I think that's what he was supposed to be. Edward as Norton far directed. as hmm? Edward Norton directed it. Wrote it for the screen and directed it. Yes. Yeah. That's that awesome. was, they they show that at the end. Edward, Edward Norton was like the the main. I guess he was like the main drive for this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. He wrote it for the screen. Uh, the book, if I can find it here, was called... Yeah, the, 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 I feel like reading the book like would be like really good, too. But to go back to Bruce Willis, yeah. him playing... I felt at least empathy, I guess, would be the right word. I felt empathy for his fatherly role. I could understand why Edward Norton loved him. Or what? What's Edward Norton's character? What's Lionel. his name? Lionel. I could I could tell why Lionel lo- like loved him as a Lionel Asrog. <laughs> Asrog is his last it name. His it's Esrog, <laughs> but the way he says it in the movie, he's like Lionel Asrog because he's he answers the phone and he goes Asrog because he's got Tourette's. And then he goes Lionel Asrog. So that's okay, what he says. I see. In the I, see, I, see. Uh, I believe the book is just simply called. Yeah. Okay. The the book is called Motherless Brooklyn, and okay. so I guess they um, just kind of changed some things within the. I got you for the script. Um, I mean, after watching the movie, I would definitely read the book. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I would, I would, I don't even know if, I would probably, I've never read the book, so I can't say I would prefer the book over it, but I can sure. see the book being really good. You could, yeah. I can see the book being really good. I don't know how, you know, I mean, this is, because the, cause the movie was incredible. Yeah. So the book has got to be good, you know? We want to read the difference between the movie and the book? I mean, yeah, let's go ahead, man. Let's go. Let's go. For, uh, let's go for a deep dive. Norton took significant creative license with Lotham's book, keeping only the character of Lionel S. Rog, his mentor Frank Mena, and the idea of him investigating his surrogate father's murder. Deviations, the Atlantic's David Sims considers both radical and baffling. Although I'm sorry, the novel hold on, real take, quick. You said who who said, who found it baffling? Is that the author? The Atlantic's David Sims. Oh, is that a that's a reporter? Just a, a, report, uh, report, a writer from from the Atlantic, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so what did he say about it, real quick? He can, uh, the deviations that uh, Norton took were, he considers them both radical and baffling. Let's go ahead and, wow, baffling, you say. Yeah. Uh, Although the novel takes place in a modern 1999 setting, Norton rewrote the story for the 50s because the characters are written in a very 1950s hard-boiled detective style. And if we try to make a film about 90s, about the 90s in Brooklyn with guys acting like 50s gumshoes, it will feel ironic. While Lotham created a conspiracy revolving around mobsters, Buddhist monks, and Frank Minna's brother, Norton instead creates an entirely new conspiracy involving New York's fictional borough authority and the illegitimate mixed-race offspring of a power, powerful city official. Norton added characters such as Moses Randolph to the story, who is based on New York City planner Robert Moses, while dropping others such as Frank Minna's brother Gerard. For other characters, Norton drew inspiration 
from Hortense Gable and Jane Jacobs, who were prominent critics of housing discrimination in New York during the 50s and 60s. And he replaced the book's love interest, Kimberly. Kimberly, not Kimberly. Wait, wait, wait. Kimberly. K I M M E R L Y. I'm sorry, how is Kimberly? Kimberly. Kimberly. Yeah. <laughs> With Laura, the unknowing daughter of Moses Randolph. Wow. Latham spends considerable time in the book depicting Lionel's childhood at the St. Vincent's Home for Boys Orphanage, something the movie only briefly references. When the book ends with Lionel going back to the detective agency turned car service with his love interest leaving him and most of his friends dead or missing, the movie ends with Lionel, together with Laura, considering a life outside of Brooklyn. Okay. A very interesting thing right here in this short paragraph. Edward Norton is the grandson of James Rouse, an urban planner who argued that housing should be affordable to all and that communities should be shaped by humanistic impulses rather than purely economic ones. Norton describes him as an anti-Robert Moses. Notably, James Rouse founded Columbia, Maryland as a diverse, community-minded city where Edward Norton grew up. In 1982, Rouse also started the Enterprise Foundation, now called Enterprise Community Partners, a nonprofit devoted to establishing international low-income housing. It estimates that it has created 585,000 affordable homes over the last four decades. Upon graduating from Yale University in 1991 with a history degree, Norton moved to Japan where his first job was to work for his grandfather's foundation. Uh, about the link between this film and James Rouse, Norton said, I did it as an homage to things he cared about, and I think he would be very gratified. That is it. Dude, that is actually pretty cool. That is really cool, dude. That explains why he wrote and directed it. I mean, yeah, some, I mean, it was something special. Somewhat of a passion project. Yeah, I think so, man. That, yeah. That's really cool because it feel it it feels like a passion project. The entire time you're watching it and you're watching Edward Norton act and you know, go through I mean it, he he does a great job. Mm-hmm. He really does, dude. He really really does a great job. Not only acting, but the the movie is incredible as far as the storytelling and I, mean, I really liked it. Yeah. Charles, when you watch it, he's obviously a guy with uh, Tourette's. Tourette's and OCD. And so his big, his like tick word is, is if. Yeah. That's just it. all the yeah. time he like cranks his head. He's like, if. Yeah. Yeah. And he just really gets it. I mean. In the beginning, well, they in the to... beginning, they kind of explain the if though. The entire time during the, during the movie, he keeps going if, 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 if you're not paying attention in the beginning, you don't know what the if is. You know if I mean? you're not paying attention. If you're not paying attention, you don't know why I'm saying if. <laughs> but, um, uh, on his I honestly real quick. forget the if though. The if is, uh, what if, if he's anxious. Well, all he said really is he never really explained if per se. What he did explain was when he says Bailey, because he says his uh, head calls him Bailey, you know? Well, in the beginning, he says, he, he, in the beginning, he's sitting in the car with the other guy. Uh-huh. I forget the other guy's name. But he, in the, in the, uh, in the voiceover, it's explaining, if I don't have this, if I don't have this, if I don't have this. I'm, it was, it was, if I'm anxious, if I don't have weed, or if I have something else. What he was saying is, was, was you know, if he's too far out of, you know... If he's in bad shape, something yeah. some things help it. Gum, weed, something stronger. If yeah. I'm in really bad shape, yeah, that was all it was. Really, because what he said was his head calls him Bailey, and so basically, I think the I think the I think the message that the if is trying to portray is that if I mean if there weren't all these exterior exterior issues in his life, huh. he probably wouldn't be. What what do they call him? 
Not freak brain. show. Freak show. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be freak show if there weren't all these ifs. Well, and people would be a lot nicer to them if they had like a name for the fucking Tourette's. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, I'm they sure really if it was 2021 and he was walking around, people would be like, it's okay. We get no, it. No. <laughs> we get it. It's you okay. You see a person with Tourette's today, you don't call him freak show. You yeah, exactly. Go, hey, it's all right. Yeah. And yeah. even even like that 1950s tone was still a little like light or yeah, light. So like, yeah. like well, some like, people were nice about some it. Some people were yeah. nice about it, but like even today, like in 2021, I'm everybody would be like I feel like if you were in a Walmart and Edward Norton in that exact state walked in, yeah. everyone no one would bat an eye. No one would say no anything. No one would say a yeah. single thing. But in 1950, everyone's super vocal. I mean, that's... Everybody's like people mad are, stuck up in the 50s. People are... Yeah. Yes, dude, people mean, like, are mad stuck up. Shut that freak up! Dude, yeah. my, my grandfather was still like entering through the back door of places. Yes! Like, you know what I mean? Yes, like, exactly, yeah. Because, yeah, my grandpa was born in 1939. Well, dude, <laughs> and that's the thing, like... I don't... In 1950s, I, I don't know what, like... Uh, I don't know the right way to say it. I guess that would be, I guess like PC. I don't know the right, but Edward Norton being with a black chick, like oh, yeah, just in nineteen in an interracial like couple back then would have been back then would have been frowned upon. mad frowned upon, and yeah. that's why that there's a scene where he's dancing with her in a bar or a jazz club, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. obviously nothing but black the, dudes. The dude that played the trumpet is. Um, I want to say his name is Michael something, but he just passed away. Like oh, that's oh, the guy from The Wire. Yeah, like is he a real trumpet player? Or no, in the, in the movie. no. Oh, okay. In the show The Wire. I mean, you probably didn't watch it. Uh, I didn't yeah, watch no, it, yeah, but, I don't um, watch it. No, that I now that I have HBO, that's on my list. But I got to get through Sopranos. The Wire. Yeah, I've never watched it. I got, I got to check it out. Yeah, it was a huge, it was a huge deal. I'm told. Yeah. Um. So yeah. it's on my list right after Sopranos. All it made me think. That. This is this is fucked up. But all it made me think of was that scene from uh, Always Sunny with Shit Dynasty when Frank Frank's driving home with the black chick and he sees a cop and he. And he puts her head down. He's like, it was the, it was the, what does he say? It's the 80s. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get arrested. No, <laughs> I don't know no. what he said. <laughs> this dude right here, Michael Kenneth Williams. Michael Kenneth. Oh, shit. So yeah, he's Mike like, he, he just, yeah. yeah, he just died. Like, what, oh, yeah, that September. was him, dude. He's got that fucking scar, dude. That scar is a legit scar, too. The really? Story, he yeah. tells the story that, um, it's probably still up on, <coughs> uh, Mark Marin's podcast if you go back to yeah. it, because he interviewed him before. It was during the pandemic he interviewed him, and then Marin always posts um, a podcast of the if, sure. per, if a person dies that was on the show, he always posts the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, of course, it's only he's got like premium Stitcher deals, so like I it's only you. like the most recent fifty episodes that is shown. So, but it might still be up if you go back. Okay. Um, but it was a decent interview. So. Uh, if we could read through all Lionel's ticks that he says real quick. Oh, I, uh, I wrote them all down. Yeah, let's um, let's let's go line by line, man. Here, let's see, let's let's read these out, man, because cause Lionel is uh, uh, whatever's so he's got to like he you know he tries to rhyme. He try it, his lines always trying to put a puzzle together. Right, right. So things things get said, and for whatever reason they kind of bother his head. Right, so he's pulling a thread on his sweater in the beginning. He's like, I got threads in my head. <laughs> I got threads in my heads. He like keeps turning his head. He's like, I got threads in my heads. Pull one out of the thread of his uh, sweater there. His yeah. sweater. Sweater one. Uh, Frank walks up. He says, frankly, frankly, frankity, Franco. Uh, now that, that's just portraying the the actual Tourette's. 
Yeah, they're in the beginning. They're in the beginning. They said he went to. uh, He met with like people from like a foundation for Therese. Did he? Yeah, so he could like involve himself more into the role. Look at Charles. Just got here and he's reading up. He's he's already read up. I do. He's all ready to watch. Actually, if you know, there's a foundation. I can't even spell foundation. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> keep, keep reading, keep reading. Mentions a hat, he says, Fat cats and hats. Bruce Willis says, Them's the ones, pal. Harry Chinden. Uh, uh, chicken, chicken wing dip. I didn't write this one down, but I know it comes right after <laughs> Harry <laughs> Chinden. Uh, because, okay, so then they hit a car. He's like, This fucking guy! And then uh, uh, Lionel says, Eat me, Mr. Dicky Weed! Eat me, Mr. Dicky Weed! <laughs> <laughs> Lick me loose, loose. I'm just gonna read through them real quick here. Because <laughs> it's fast. just gonna be better. Read them fast. <laughs> Eat me, Mister Dicky Weed. Lick me loose, Lucy. Quaker quarter, quarter. Hospitable herpetologist. Oh Tim Buck, take it. Pissing bitch. Tim Buck, take Nervous it. Nelly. Crack whacker. Uh, fraud fag. Invest ahead. Ass wrong. Ass talk, Bailey. French kissing cats. Tits on a Tuesday. Uh, Folsy pants. Lick broader. <laughs> Bet on the bris. Uh, <laughs> my minor birds, Myrna. That one's very specific. Go back to the one with the bris. That was that was specifically about a person. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, bris was he said. <clears throat> what he ah fuck? What was Danny talking about? Uh, uh, so he said something with a B, and he said bet on a bris. Yeah, yeah. And then. Uh, Danny says, what are you, a rabbi now? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, believe me, you don't want me handling your breasts. That's what he said. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, he said, believe me, you don't want me handling your breasts. My minor birds, Myrna. Horse whip. Giant ass dog. Deer the tits. Uh, get up the seat, asshole. Uh, shiver shitty chef. Two fucking pigs in a blanket. Say it, Henry Ham Hamsfield. Ham, huh? Shit. Sometimes I can't remember. Ham Ham. Ham Halstead. I don't remember what he fucking says there to Willem Dafoe. Anyway. Uh, smacks with an axe. Uh, beat farts. Slammer for the slumlords, Bailey. Bebop in the Metropolitan Bopper House. Kicks and ticks. Licks and ticks. Kiss her face all night, Bailey. So what, Whitey Suckstick? Trumpet players of Jasmine Taz. Black Cracker Crack Whacker. <laughs> what, what, what was that one saying? Black Cracker Crack Whacker. <laughs> Black Cracker Whack Cracker? Black Cracker Crack Whacker. Black Cracker Crack Whacker, huh? Okay. I'm going to use that one. Meow the Tom Cat. Scarlet the Sound Cat. Uh, trumpet my man. Hemp Cat needs help. Help for the Hep Cat. Hep Cat needs help. On the line. Lionel. Lionel's on the line. Big tits! Giant faggot munchkin meat. Wow. Land of farce on me. Shoot my shit, Bailey. Uh, fart, don't fart on my land, man. Olympic rat man. Screeching at monk chip. Chip amongst love nuts, man. Ace hole. Ace hole. Loosey goosey threadhead, fuck. Sing a song of sunk men. Sell it and tell it, letter man. Tell it and sell it. Her hot tits on my milky tea face. Sugar tits on my tea face. Who's the fucking boss now, Bailey? Who's the boss? Name it, claim it, shame it. Oh, shit. Those were all of uh, Ed that Norton's texts. That was a compilation. That was, that was a compilation of all of Ed. That was a literal all of Edward Norton's 
ticks in that movie. I think my favorite is Don't Fart on a Land Man. That was your uh, favorite? Yeah. I just like when he uh, is on the on the train and he... Give him the seat, asshole! Give him the but seat, he leans asshole. into his... Leans into his Give him the seat, asshole! Because it's completely and then, silent and he's trailing this chick pretty much. And he walks on the train and he says... Give her the seat, asshole. Well, because so no there's one this guy her. standing there with a. He's sitting in the seat when the girl gets on the train, and this girl's gonna sit down beside this white dude, and the white dude puts a briefcase next to the seat, and that's when he says, "Give her the seat, asshole." <laughs> and then there's this lady, a, a lady sitting in with, front of him with a baby gets up, and gets up with this baby. <laughs> it's it's it. Honestly, though, it's to be fair. It's pretty fucked up. There are people out there that have this condition and they cannot control, control it. it. I've never met a person with Tourette's, to be fair. Ever. Well, so I don't know what it's like to have this right. condition. We are definitely not making fun of people with Tourette's. Absolutely it is just, not. They make it very funny I in this am, movie. No, because no, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> they make it very funny because they just basically... they make it, It's making all these people uncomfortable... Him right. saying all these things. Right, right, right. And that's right. what's funny about it. Right. And they do a really good job at portraying other people's reaction to his condition. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you, can you can base a person's character on how they react to your condition. Yeah, to how they react if someone is abnormal or not. Exactly. Right. So you can tell, for example, what's what's her name? The main, Laura. Laura. Laura immediately is... You know, she's kind of giggling, and she's like, it's okay, you know. Right. But then there's other people she that She takes offense him. at one point, because she's, she's, he, he says if when he gets knocked out. And she's like, if what? And she's like, I'll tell you what if. And she's like, lectures him. Yeah, but there's other people that call him freak show. His friends. His friends. Which is, quote, unquote, right. friends. A couple mean, of them are his friend. Tony turns out not to quite be his friend. Uh, yeah, anybody I that calls you freak show for having a condition like that is absolutely. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't consider those people friends. Just well, like how Frank, when he died, what was the last thing he said? You're not, you're a, not freak. a freak. Yeah. I mean, he knew, he knew that. Like that's love. You're not a freak. Yeah. You're. Not, he loved him. You know what I mean? Those two men loved each other. You know what I mean? Like that was his father figure. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, if I, if I had. If I personally had that condition, and you guys were walking around calling me freak show, I wouldn't be on this podcast. So, I'm just saying. That's fair. It's it's breaking balls, you know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. I mean, I might be going... Like, if I call you jailbird, you know what I mean? Okay, but, like, if it's, like, something that you are aware of, and, like, you make jokes about yourself, like, your own condition, and your friends chime in, that's different. That's different. Way different. Because... At that point, they're saying they're like, "Okay, he makes fun of this," and then if you do it like once and he doesn't say anything about it, obviously he's not taking actual right. offense to it. Right. right, right. So it's entirely different. And it, I, I mean, of course, this is a character in a movie, so there's not going to be that scene where he's like, "Hey guys, it's okay. Where you call me freak show?" No. You know, but uh, well, I think in I the think, case of like Tony, like I think he's paid his dues. Where it's like, like he told the story about Tony. Took the paddle away sure. from the nun. He's like, I'm gonna tw- hit you twice as hard with it. You right, hit exactly. him again. Yeah. True. So like Tony's pays it. Like these are his guys. The, you true. Know what I mean? True. Those are. This his is guys. like if I had Tourette's and you go, right. you know, like, you guys call me freak show and you yeah, guys call me yeah, freak you're show. Right. You're, I don't you're think right it's as big of a deal. 
Tony double crosses in the end. Just like you guys call me happen. Jailbird. I mean, uh, I wouldn't. I, we, okay, we don't. We don't I've call you Jailbird. I was saying <laughs> if, if we called you Jailbird, yeah, was the joke. I like. I like that. Let's go ahead and stick with that. I, I, like, I like that nickname. Yeah, I like uh, that a lot. Oh, no, Jailbird. No. <laughs> no, I like it. The higher pitch you get, the more you don't like it. I like it. Jailbird. Now, yeah, I mean, but. To go back to the main point, I don't think that those men that were working with him yes. were his friends. Or at least had his best interest in mind. I mean, they all grew up together was what I was saying. Right. They did all grow up together and they kind of did earn their dues to be able to call him whatever the fuck they want to call him. Danny didn't call him Freak Show. Danny was Which very one nice was Danny? The, uh, not Ed yeah, Suppley. The, the pen on the table. Ethan Suppley. I like holding it. It gives me something to do while I talk. I gotta do something with my hands. He just dropped the. You don't pen want me to jerk off. Dude. That's like the third time. I've you don't seen want me to jerk it. off, do you? Tyler is. Currently Would you rather I sit here and jerk off? Tyler is. Or can I? Do you want me to just flip the pen? <laughs> he's, currently, he's currently masturbating. Tyler's right masturbating now. right now. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, you're right though. They they definitely earned their due. Danny never called him preacher. Danny was a true friend. Which one was Danny? You're talking about the Dallas guy from Roberts. the first, not Ethan Suppley. And not Tony. Oh, you're talking about uh, that's uh, uh, fucking uh, Milton from Walking Dead. Is it? Yeah, dude. Milton from Walking Dead. That's at least how I recognized him. It's definitely the governor's goon. Or at least the governor's I little... The governor, I mean, yeah, the little... Is this a Walking Dead podcast now? Sure, yeah. why not? We're going to go back to <laughs> season two. All right. Let's go back to... Uh, yeah. Go back. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I loved... Uh, Oh, he was in uh, elementary. Oh, oh man. Honestly, never, <laughs> never watched it. Never watched it. No, nope, never watched it. I would have because Liz Lee was in it, but. So, what do you want? You want to do a uh, full recap on the. Uh, no, I just. I could, my notes were. I, I honestly. Yeah, let's do not notes. take a whole lot of notes, man. Dude, um, it's a hard. Let me just let me preface this by saying this is a hard movie to take notes on because it. I've watched this movie six times. You'd think I would get some notes, but like I really, I usually fill up a page, page and a half, sometimes two, three pages, uh, in Pulp Fiction's case. But like this movie is like just a. There's not a lot of like character change in this movie. No. All these people stay pretty much the same. They're all just trying to figure out this case. Right. Right. You know? and, and and you figure it out along with them. I mean, the only thing that I would be able to write down were like the clues, I guess. Right. But so what? So what did you write down? What did I write down? Um. Well, my first note is "Eat me, Dicky Weed," which is hilarious. Which yes. I thought that was funny. Um, and then my second note Eat is "Eat me, Mister Dicky Weed." Uh, Edward Norton's acting too good. That's my uh, and he does and dude, his acting is just incredible. It's fantastic. It's incredible. He gets dude. very into his roles. I will say that so fantastic, fucking yes. so fucking good. And then Alec Baldwin coming in hot. I wrote that down. Um, the first scene hot? where he comes in, I honestly thought he was the protagonist or a protagonist. I didn't know he was the antagonist in that first scene when he comes in and talks shit to the mayor while they're all, all smoking cigars. There's a scene where they, the mayor, which I might be wrong, was he newly elected? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the newly elected mayor is sitting there and smoking cigars with his committee or yep. a bunch of random dudes pretty much. And, uh, Alec Baldwin busts in super hot. Pretty much orders someone to sign his order. Uh, one of the positions that he needed filled, he didn't. The mayor forgot it. Oh, so you know, because they they keep talking about how Moses Randolph has all these positions that he holds. Uh, and he says, "Give me." Uh, it's, I think it was city planning. He says, "Where's city planning?" 
And he goes, oh, I forgot. I, I'll get it signed. And then he, like, walks off to the desk, grabs the thing, yeah, writes yeah, on yeah. it, slides it on the table, and he goes, now sign it! Yeah. So, wait, okay, so, what Who? What was he getting to sign? It was a fucking... A, t- a position. Who, who took that position? Moses Randolph has all oh, these positions. Okay, remember, see, that was I the see. thing. That he has this monopoly. Yes, 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 yes. I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has control the whole city and the building. Seems and low key realistic, though, for Alec Baldwin. I'm not going to lie. Dude, to hey, for real, like, he's, he was pretty pretty much played Donald Trump. Like, I'm like, not going to lie to real, yeah, like, he low key see. Like, he, I could see him being that guy. He's fantastic in this role. You'll love the movie. Dude, even before he started really getting into, like, that, like, bad guy role, I was like, yeah, it's Donald Trump. And then he started, like, sinking into that, like, rape. Thing. And then I was like, "Yeah, that's Donald Trump." <laughs> and so, and then what else? What other notes do you have? Oh my god! Oh, uh, shit. oh, oh! This is another thing that I think is uh, pretty relative. The thing that uh, it being set the the setting being in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, buddy, I gotta go. <laughs> Real quick, the lights just flickered. Um, Tyler's in the heater for Tyler song, being white didn't Tyler's worry about it. Charles being black is actually my gone. wallet, no. my keys. <laughs> We're he actually, he's, he's, uh, he, we just heard his car start. Yeah, up. he is gone. So yeah. <laughs> no, like, but um, already live. All of the characters having similar stories to the war. We're not stories, but having similar experiences. The one uh, character, Milton. What's his name? Danny. Danny. Danny talks about the Battle of the Bulge and... Uh, oh, shit. They yeah, actually, like, reference... Yeah, he talks about the Battle of the Bulge and then Frank talks about in the war. The Trump uh, trumpet player talks about uh, Iwo Jima. So, I... or Because he didn't Okinawa. go himself, but Billy did. Who's he? Billy, the uncle. The guy that owns the club. Get the fuck out of here. The Wait. big guy with the bum arm. Oh, yeah, he fucking... Yeah, and he comes out and he's like, I didn't... That's yeah, why he, he's got a bum arm. Yeah, and he tells him after he he beats him up, right? That's the guy who beat him up, right? You had some guy, some goons oh, beat yeah. him up, and then he comes out and shit talks him. Yeah, that yeah, yeah the Robert Robert yeah. Wisdom. Yeah. yeah, he comes out and he says, "I didn't." Well, he says something about Iwo Jima. Right. I forget exactly. I've what been he through says Iwo, Iwo Jima. Jima. Yes, you he can't says, scare me. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. My whole point though is that uh-huh. they've all had similar experiences to the war. Yes. But when they come home. They've all have they all have different experiences. Yes. They were all brothers overseas. When they come homes, they are enemies. Yeah, that was that was a crazy thing thing about. I think that's I think that's super cool. I maybe not cool uh, in twenty twenty one standard. I mean, I like how they how I think like that's the super idea interesting. behind it in a movie yeah. though, because they're able to like show the reality of that. Because like, I'm pretty sure units were still segregated in World War Two. Oh yeah, they had they did have like all black units. Yeah, over there. I mean, we've heard about the Har- Harlem uh, Hellfighters in World War One, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like those are the fucking, like the most badass soldiers we had in fucking World War One. Yeah, and like the Red Tails and exactly. Yeah, II. but in World War Two, we don't. Oh, see, I don't. I've never even heard of the Red Tails. You never saw the movie Red. Never Tails? Never even seen Red Tails. Do you have Disney Plus? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I have Disney Plus, <laughs> but Red Tails. Red Tails is a good movie because it's actually like. All right, there, Red Tails. It's got a cast, and it's like obviously all black, like World War Two yeah. fighter pilots, but. Um, What's his name? Terrence Howard's in it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Is that Harlem thing you said? Har- well, it's not really a movie. It's, it's Harlem, Harlem Hellfighters. Yeah, I just wanna... they're uh, yeah. I mean, they were. It was an all-black unit in uh, World War II, World War One, and uh, they were known for their like ferocity and known for their like cruelty. 
Cooper Gooding Jr. Oh wow, so it's actually got a real yeah, cast, dude. Yeah. Red Tails. Yeah, right, that's our next one. We're doing Red Tails next, Tyler. You hear me? They're doing Red Tails. <laughs> Neo was in it. <laughs> <laughs> he his character actually was like mad funny in that fucking movie though. But and Michael B. Jordan was in it. Get the fuck out of here. Method Man was in it. Shut the no, fuck up. I, I swear, bro. Yeah. yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> what? Shut the Yeah. Dude, that's actually a the cast, Damn. the cast they had for that movie was actually really. Solid. All right, so I got we gotta check Red, Red Tails out. Yeah, but uh, wrote it down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I think they did a really, I think that they did a really good job at at least that the tone of the fifties. Mm-hmm. How everyone, maybe not everyone, but Catch a lot of men, it. a lot of men that were older, fought in the war. Yeah, you know what I mean. And when they went overseas, you know, if if you were overseas, I mean, fighting. World War Two, you know, you probably were brothers. It didn't matter if I was black or white. Yeah, I mean, at that but point, at that point, at that point, at you that know what I mean? Specific moment in time. Not when we get matter. back home, right? But the second right we then, when we get back home, your black ass right. coming through the back. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Skippy. <laughs> no, but I thought that was a really good uh, tone. Let's see, I got one more note. Um, yeah. It's uh, wow, this is a chicken scratch. Uh, Wow, holy crap. Uh, this is literal chicken scratch. Which it says Bruce Willis yep. makes, and then it's just a bunch of gibberish. I have terrible handwriting. Let me see uh, it. Yeah, I might be able to give, do give it. that up for like a world. Cozy Man. Cozy Man? Yeah, I'm reading actually. I'm reading Cozy Man as well. <laughs> <laughs> Cozy Man, love him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis makes everyone love him? Yes. Wow. Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis love, makes everyone love him. That's what it was at the end. Everyone at the end. Sorry, excuse. Me. Yeah, sorry. We, Pardon my chicken, chicken scratch. We, but it was at the end. At the end <laughs> Look, I got terrible writing. I'm at the end. It was just they Look had that whole stuff, like fatherly. He had a super fatherly tone, and like, <laughs> like for real, everyone was like, "Yeah, we love Frank as a father." Like everyone was saying the same exact thing, and like he really did a good job in the in the fucking thirty minutes he was in the movie. Sweet. Frank was like a father to me. He used to fuck my mother all the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Frank was, Frank was like a father to me. He was fucking my mom. <laughs> no, but he did a great job, man. I, honestly, this, it was a good fucking movie. I can't recommend it more, man. Um, yeah, I'll go through my notes here a little bit. Um, I said Ethan Suppley from My Name is Earl. That dude's fucking jacked now. He's still kind of fat in this movie. Dude, he's, I mean, um, pretty fat. Yeah. I mean, in, in and My now, Name is Earl, like, he was... And, yeah, was My Name is Earl, that was kind of his whole character. He was the uh, the big, big fat guy in uh, American History X. I've never seen that movie. What? Good movie, yeah. I've never I've seen it. American History X. I'm, actually, believe it or not, well, actually, no, this is mad believable to you. My I'm dad, mad. my dad owns that movie. He was like, I bet, you watch, he was no, like, you like, should watch this. Like, like, for real, like, there was more, like, I was just telling Tyler about this earlier, spoiler alert, like, I, got, I had a buddy named Shaka when I was locked up, who was like, Shaka Khan? Yeah, literally, <laughs> that, you know, and he told me to call him Shaka Zulu. I literally said the same thing. I was like, oh, Shaka Khan? And he's like, no, it's Shaka Zulu. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I right. Shaka Khan was a yeah. woman. So. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what he said. He said Shaka Khan was a woman. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, he was he was the one who recommended American History X to me, and I'm like, I'm like, isn't that about a Nazi? Because I really didn't like. Yeah. I'd only heard the another fantastic Nazi. Ed Norton movie. Where, he has he's a he's serious. He's, he's like shut the fuck up. Yeah. He's like seriously okay. So he's not the like the main protagonist of the movie, but he's like the second most important character. Really? Yeah, dude. 
Alright. It's good. We're gonna, we're gonna watch that one too. I like it. American right now! No. Right now! <laughs> Put it on! Movie? Yes. You have it? I bought it that night we watched it uh, back at my mom's place in Cavalier. I don't see it. It's a double features thing with. Um, it's American History X plus a History of Violence on Blu ray. Ah. Dude. Um, I need to watch this movie. So it's dude, mad. It has Edward. That's him? Yeah. Yep. That's dude, Edward. Dude, what? This was, okay, so this was like. I want to say, what year did American History X come out? Yeah, look at this. It shit. was. It should be on the case there. Um, it was before he did. 2005? Uh, no, that's History of Violence. 1998? 1998. Okay, yeah, so it was before he did um, the Italian job with like Mark Wahlberg. So he was still really young when he Yeah, 98. So, like, the whole goatee thing threw me off. Dude, that's... Man, I gotta I got watch this movie, man. I yeah, really like, gotta, that's, I that's, have to watch this that's movie. That's him on the fucking cover. That though. is what my... Listen, yeah. I had a buddy in fucking prison who looked like that guy with the swastika on his yeah, chest. Yeah, that, that, that's... That's, that's, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's like, hilarious story about when we watched that movie. My little brother was with us, and he was, um... I don't know, maybe... Was this like pre? I want to get like a statement or post. <laughs> very post. Very post. Uh, I was out of high school. That was when we were in high school. Um, yeah, I want to say he was probably like ten ish, eleven ish. And there's a scene where Ed Norton gets raped in the shower. Yeah. In prison and uh, all these, in there, all these naked dudes. What? <laughs> all these naked dudes walk in, and of course my brother's sitting there. He goes. Oh, there's a dingling. Oh, there's a dingling. Oh, a dingling, dingling. And I was like, Luke, you don't have to mention it every time. Listen, it's gonna be a lot of dingling. Every time there's a penis on screen, you don't have to mention it. Luke is hilarious. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, all right. So, um. So first scene. Uh. So they're getting ready to chase to to follow Frank on the way. Yes. Um. When he comes down from his meeting, uh, this guy parks in front of him. And, you know, uh, Coney's like, this fucking guy, right? And then, you know, the car takes off, and they gotta go, and he tries to cut the turn, and he hits the car in front of him, and then he goes, this fucking guy! Which and he backs up and then goes, yeah. By the way, that is some, that's some, like, as far as tension goes, they did a good job in the beginning of, like, portraying tension. Fantastic. I was, I was immediately just... I was along the ride. I was with them for the ride. And the fact that he was a bad driver made it yeah. that much worse. Yeah, he almost gets Frank and them hit T-boned like by a fucking times. bus. Like four times. Like five times. It's like, how do you miss that? Like, yeah. where, do you, where are you rushing? Because he's, he's looking in the back seat, you know, because mm-hmm. he's, he's like, tell me a joke. Guy looks into a bar. Uh, Octopus, 50 arms. He can play any instrument in the joint. And then he looks back in the back <laughs> seat and he's like, and then they're like, look out! There's a fucking bus like it comes like four feet from T-boning him. He's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, if you're the guy, if you're the guy who is the driver, yeah, you got to be a decent. Don't look driver. in the back seat. Do not look back. Yeah. Um, so, I guess apparently in the fifties, you could just hit cars and drive off because um, they they rear in that car and then just take off and then they rear in the cab. Yeah, they rear in two cars and he just rear ends his cab. Right. Uh, you know, and then Lionel gets out of the car and chases their car. Because he's like, gotta keep up with him. And then, like, he's gotta stop and let him in. And it's like, do you think that that car just didn't see the guy running, trying to keep up with him? Like, that was a little confusing. Like, Lionel probably should have got shot he, right Yeah, there. for sure. He gets out of the car on the road. Runs up to the car he's trying to, like, chase, I guess. Yeah, or I don't know if he was trying to get a plate or what the fuck they're he was They're supposed doing. to... 
they were told specifically to tail. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That they were supposed. They were told specifically to tail Frank. Right. Problem was they fell behind immediately because this fucking guy. Pro- yeah, right. right. So the problem is they fall. They fall behind immediately. But then they just keep rear-ending shit. Cheers, though. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Let's get a cheers. Empty glass. Cheers. 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 Water cup. Cheers. So, yeah, they keep fucking, uh, they keep rear-ending shit, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. if it was 2021. This, yeah, the chase I, would be over, like, I mean, the second one. The se- I mean, Like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. I got your plate. Yeah, no, we got to I got your plate, gotta, sir. I was about to say all the cameras. Sir. We gotta write, we gotta write a note. Do you have, Sir! Do you have a pad? Do you have a pad? We gotta write a note before we take off. Well, also, cars back then were built entirely different than they are now. Well, can you elaborate on that? Well, yeah, cars now are delicate as fuck. <laughs> yeah, a mean? lot of plastic. Everything was metal back then. I suppose. Everything was like, well, they made everything look like steel. Well, the problem is you guys don't understand how a car works. That's the problem. Aluminum okay? versus steel. Aluminum versus steel. Let me go ahead and explain something to you. If you have a steel vehicle and you fly into another steel vehicle, going. 50 miles an hour, guess what? You are in a nuclear explosion. If you have an aluminum vehicle going into an aluminum You're vehicle... You're inside of an accordion. Guess what? <laughs> exactly, though. That's what you want. You want them to... And guess what? Guess where you're going to be? In the middle. Nice and safe. Okay? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what you want in the accordion. I don't know, man. Okay, it doesn't go ahead. Work ever, Let's go ahead and it's throw not, Charles into a steel cube and throw him at a I wall. I drive one. And see what, I drive one. It's, your <laughs> Subaru is more aluminum than it is steel. No, I almost guarantee I know it is. But... You know what? But... Let's Hold go on. ahead and stop this podcast. He's got, uh, he's no, got to catch these hands. He's got to catch these hands out. Let me crack my back about 37 <laughs> times. <laughs> he says, pissing bitch. Uh, he walks all, all of Frank's, uh, well, his, his possessions that were on his person to his wife, Julia. And he says, uh, he's like, oh, don't be mad at him. He's like, I am. And then he like coughs into his shirt and he goes, pissing bitch. Yeah, because he's got Tourette's. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I really like to think... That he is speaking nothing but the truth there because she is a, absolutely. She's well, a, and she's a cheating bitch. She's a cheating bitch as well. And you know what's funny, as you can tell, when they're sitting there, it, watching it like six times, like I have, you just like you just watch it all unfold, and you're like, oh, I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're sitting there in the beginning, and Tony's like, somebody's got to tell Julie. He's like, I already told her. And they're like, oh, why? They're like, yeah, I called her. They're like, oh, all right, and like. You know, then uh, Lionel goes to her apartment, and uh, she opens the door all happy, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, it's you." She's I didn't pick up Tony. on that, dude. Uh, I did not Tony. pick up on that, dude. Don't say, "Oh, you didn't watch the movie." Weirdo. Uh, no. I, hey, <laughs> hey, I gotta fit into this somehow. Oh, I see. Yeah, that scene makes sense. No, the, the, go ahead. Say your own one more time. Uh, there we go. Good, okay, good, yeah, good. We got that. Part of it out. Nice and clear. Wait, one more time. <laughs> Oh, okay, hold on. <clears throat> uh, okay, good, good, good. We got that one. That one, that one's the good one. Yeah, let's cut um, the last one though. Let's cut, cut the last, last one. I'll cut yeah, it. I'll cut it. Let me write that down real quick. Just the new one. Just the new O. Yeah, the good O. Yeah, good O was number two. Yeah, number two. Yeah, I did not catch on. I mean, of course, I wasn't gonna. Well, it's because I watched it six fucking times. But that's um. There's that six times. It's a nice little. I mean, not like in a row, but yeah. It's a nice little. I wouldn't even call it Easter egg. That's kind of... That's just like if you it watch it... It just comes from having watched it. Com- it, yeah. it comes from having watched it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I did not pick up on that at all. And then you... I mean, then you realize like Tony's watching the whole time. You know, yeah. you see afterwards... I knew like, he was Tony's a dick the from the following him. Yeah. I knew he, he was kind a of dick. a dick. He's kind of a dick from the beginning. Listen, anybody who immediately... 
after their boss dies, starts picking up the pieces and is like, like guess it's my business now. That guy's a dick. Immediately, that guy's a dick. Yeah. I already know that that guy's up to no So was he like, did he just... Okay. Listen, here's did how it he, goes, ready? Did, did, did he just pick up the rock and, and was like, me. this is mine? Listen, you and me, we were just in an orphanage for our entire lives. We're brothers, you know what I mean? We're fucking kicking it. Tyler's our boss. Guess who just died? Tyler. I'm the boss now. <laughs> Woo! Right? Oh, that was quick. Guess yeah. what? No, chill. For real. I'm the yeah. boss, okay? I'm going to take care of this, mm. okay? You stay in your lane. Mm. So it was mad fast. They mad fast. <laughs> Too fast. <laughs> yeah. No grief. No, no grief. No, there was no, like, there was no grief. He Tony goes, Tony didn't give a shit. He goes, so he was an opportunity. I'm pretty sure he said, yeah, he's absolutely. Everyone else was born. Matter of fact, Tony Charles, was more. You could tell you Tony was word. forcing the grief. It's hold funny on, you on, say that on, word wait, because at the end. Okay, I thought. Wait, I, hold on, hold on, no, because at the end, um, uh, Moses says, "Are you an opportunist?" What does he say? He says, "Are you an opportunist or something else?" What does he say? So he said, "Are you looking to trade that file?" Right. Uh, to save your old neighborhood. Right. What does he say? He said, but he, but he says something about being an opportunist. And, and he, said, he, he said, well, and he gets mad and he says, he goes, what do you want, goddammit? Because yes. he, he insults Frank because he's a, you know, just a small time guy trying to get uh, some, uh, get make some money off this, yeah. you know. Either way. By well, blackmail. I don't remember exactly what he says, but either way, I think that that, I think that might play into the kind of the tone of it. How he is an antagonist. Uh, what the fuck is his name? I forget these characters' names. Uh, Lionel is the Lionel, other guy. I know Lionel, and I know Frank. Frank, and I know fucking Moses, but I'm talking uh-huh. about the uh, bad guy, Tommy. Not Tommy. Tony. Tony. Yeah. Yes. Him being an opportunist, I'm going to play into him being an antagonist as far as the why. Sure. He's, he's more of a follower, too. He's working for Lieberman, Randolph's guys, and all that. Right. Uh, and the and I think that's what uh, Alec Baldwin's character is, or Moses is alluding to. At the end, he he asks, "Are you an opportunist, or what? What's your motive?" Yes. What makes you? What and then makes Lionel's you kind of sitting there, and he's like, "What is it, goddamn it?" Right. And I think on. that the motive—that's what that's what, it, dri- shame that's what makes it. the character. That's what drives the character, right? Yeah. We know with Tony, Tommy, Timmy. Tony. We know with Timmy that Tony. Timmy. We know with Timmy that <laughs> <laughs> we know with Timmy that. Um, Timmy, being an opportunist is not. We good. know with Timothy. We know with Timothy that being Timothy. an opportunity. Uh, what is it? Uh, Timothy. Timmy. We know with Timmy that it's being an with, opportunity. Okay, uh, Tanner. We know with Tanner <laughs> that. Tanner, there we go. We figured it out. There it is. It's, we know with Tanner being an opportunist. I'm going to call him Timmy. It's not, not a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, like. The thing you, with you Tom. You literally took advantage of the is, one person that showed you any empathy, any sympathy. Showed you any fatherliness because they sh- they were in the uh, orphanage at the, at the same time. Him and Tim or him and uh, fucking uh, Tim, Timmy, right? Timmy, Tom, uh, Lionel and Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Lionel and Tyler, and Coney and Danny. Those those were the real. Those were real people. Coney and Danny were real. Now guys. you're confusing the fuck out. Gil <laughs> Coney was Ethan Subley's character. Danny. Which they never said his last name in the thing. Well, let's then, go ahead and... So get, he, let, where's the Wikipedia synopsis so we can confuse so audiences he, he, he just took, that much more? He took like, he took <laughs> well, let's, like let's four or five kids move on from, that. from the orphanage. I don't know really what the... I'm sure the book explores that a little more, but in the movie... Frank was a leader to all these Frank things. was like... I guess he adopted... Or, I don't know if he adopted them, but... I don't know what he but, did, really. They really, they really don't go into it. 
Yeah, they don't really go and, into it. Well, and like and they if said, you really think about it too much, it kind of does get a little like weird. It's like so you adopted like six kids so you can make them like groom them for like uh, being a PI. I think what happened is it's he like probably weird, took but, them under yeah. his wing. But that's that, if you if you look at it that way, that does isn't as weird. Well, you know, if, yeah, he, I was about to say it could have been like because like obviously his wife was just unfaithful as shit. I don't. So was that his wife? Yeah, that was his wife because he gave her a ring. He gave her a ring. So at the end. He like Edward Norton or Lionel hands hands of the ring, right? So they were married, right? Laura. Right. No, in the beginning, in the very beginning. Oh, gives. gives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so they, Julia and, yeah, and Julia and Frank and were Frank married, were married. Right? Yeah, so, okay, so, okay, so yeah, maybe they were like his. Like, sorry, you said the end, and I was very confused. Maybe yeah. he envisioned them as like surrogate sons, and just skipped like the whole like actually having to have said children and bring them up as children. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, in like, 2021 for sure, but this chick was like a whore from the 50s. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I was born in the 50s. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely want my mom to be a, or at least my foster mom, to be a whore from the 50s. If I was, if and then I was Tony's a, fucking like a foster, his foster mom. That's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah, a little it's, weird. It's kind of weird. It's a, it, the, or, I'm sorry, whole, Tanner, Tommy. <laughs> Timmy! <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole dynamic is a little weird, but it's, that's not really... We don't really want to... I'm sure the book like, the justifies book, Well, that's that what shit. they said in the difference between the movie and the book, that uh, the book goes... Like, pretty much... Uh, is The huge part of the book is them in the orphanage. Right. Whereas this movie just kind of like mentions it. Which is which is okay. Because, yes, because watching the movie, movie, I would... Dude, how long was that movie? Two hours? A little over, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was... It was a long fucking movie. A long movie. It was a long fucking movie. Imagine adding an hour and a half of fucking uh, orphanage. You'd, you'd have to. It'd have to be a fucking like It'd be series. Parts. It would be the yeah. fucking King's like, Gambit, but or the Queen's Gambit, but but like minus the hot chick. You know what I mean? It would be like, oh, damn, like yeah. just an orphanage the entire time. Like fuck, Foster's home for imaginary friends. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Or no. tell, tell me why I still watch this. I said I was built like Wilt. <laughs> you are. From the, over imaginary you friends. are built yeah, like Wilt, like, dude. Really you long. are. Oh my god! Just need the headband and the red hair. Yo, yo, I'm telling oh you. Oh my yo, god! Matter of fact, give me a fucking blue and white headband, yes. bro, and some Converse. Oh, I got, it's on. Listen, <laughs> it's I, on. Maybe it's already on my Christmas wish list for Charles. I already got it. Blue and white headband. Oh god! He's gonna walk around like Wilt next year. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta tell my sister about that one. <laughs> she, it's she, Kayla who said it. No, it was, it was Deja. Oh, Deja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know those these yeah 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 we're an hour in let's just get through All these right, notes man, here real know, quick you, i mean you're gonna edit it down to 20 minutes anyway i like the way alec baldwin is introduced in this movie because i feel like a lot of the time you meet a character and you see like oh, it's the big star Right? And that's yeah. all you're thinking of immediately. Um, but for the you, you, you meet Alec Baldwin and for about very different way. A minute and a half I you don't it. see his face. You don't know it's Alec Baldwin unless you know the back of Alec Baldwin's head very he's well. He's got a very distinct silhouette. I can I'm <laughs> Well I know, but it, his head's a little different and he's supposed to be like, I would say his silhouette is and all that. Bland. I will say this. If I had to if somebody was like, I will give you a hundred dollars if you can point out Alec Baldwin from like a hundred feet, I guarantee I could point him out about hundred feet. Bet I would <laughs> bet that how much I, I just said a hundred dollars. Hundred dollars? Two hundred. Alright, bet. Bet big bet. Shake onto them. I'll put it on across that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. No, but anyway, back to so, hey, the You meet look, him for about, I don't know, a minute and a half. Yes. And you never see his face until he goes into the table. Like, what about city planning? And then slides the paper to him, and then, he co- and then you see him all angry. His in- Fucking amateurs. His introduction is super good. 
But I thought that show his, you exactly the kind of guy he is. I thought that his aggression was more for a positive, yes, than a negative. I, it only took me watching it, watching the movie, and figuring out who he was that I figured out. Oh, his intentions are bad. Right. But I initially thought that his approach to government was just a super aggressive, get shit done, sign this type yes. of mentality. Right. Which is his mentality, but it's for evil doings. Yes. Which, I, I mean, I, I would hope, like, uh, Kamala Harris is in the office right now doing exactly what Alec Baldwin's character is, but for the good things. You know what I mean? She's just running around the office. Oh, let's not get too ordering. political. Yeah, I think we should um, get as political as possible, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Willem Dafoe. I just, he, play, he plays this Willem. perfect bum. Willem. Yeah. The bum. Play, like... He plays this perfect bum character. Well, he doesn't have any money. He's like, oh, I'm hungry. You can buy me dinner. You know? And then he's like, he's at that and he's mooching this dinner for all he can get. Uh, can you give me a cheesecake? Could you make it warm? I'd like it warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Yeah. Um, the bum, the, I'll be honest though, the bum word, a little aggressive. Okay. Will character. Just a, tad, a little a tad, a tad aggressive. That's I what think. he's playing because his, his, true, his brother has ruined his life. Absolutely. And he's, run, he, you know, you go to his apartment, he's living in this rundown fucking, like, right, it looks though. like it's probably a studio, the, but yeah. He's living above Everything a hat shop. Studio. Living above a hat shop. He's living above a hat shop. And at the, I don't know, you know, spoilers, but at the end when he's, you know, when he receives the denial for his city planning. He just lets go of the paper. He just lets go of the paper. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what the, to, I don't know. Do I have a reason to live anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, there's like that, but I think that's where it really shows that he's kind of like absolutely been fucked by his brother, right? Because it shows like he lives above a hat shop, mm-hmm. and his only drive or his only passion is city planning, essentially. And he's just been for the good, for the for greater the good, good, for the good. Not for money, for the Not greater for money, good. For the greater good, and he's been denied. So I will say this, do? though. Let's go. Real quick segue. I think Willem... Willem. Willem. Defoe is... He's a really good actor. Like, period. Like, I think he's probably in my top ten. Because Top ten? Really? I got a pretty solid list. Like, Green Goblin. On. No, I'm just kidding. Like, I got a pretty solid list. <laughs> but, like, well, I just think... Two like, words. The roles... Green God. Well, he, much like Edward Norton, like, he actually, like, the roles that he plays, like, are very, like, they're not the same exact thing every single True. time. You know True. what I mean? Like, he, yeah. he's, he's really good at switching his dynamic yeah, for sure. as a person yeah. to fit these roles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Edward Norton Absolutely. and, like, Will Smith. I think Will Smith is, like, a hands down, like, a really great actor. I think. Because he does good in, like, this, the different type of shit that he's done. Paul knows his brother is uh, uh, very wrong morally, though he wants to use him to get further. There's a moral, uh, you know. So that's uh, a classic. Uh, which one? That's wait, which one's Paul? Nar- narcissist. Paul's knows his brother. Oh, okay. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. I thought you were talking about fucking uh, Lionel's brother. No, uh, no. Obviously, he doesn't have a brother. That's why I was confused. But textbook narcissist. Text textbook. Because Paul textbook. calls his brother out in that meeting. Make him say his name. Exactly. I can stay in his position. Make him say it. And, you know, he gets the whole crowd up against him. And then, you know, the next meeting, he, like, you know, he goes over to him, holds up a folder. Hey, what about this? What about this? It's kind of a bitch move, though. Yeah. I mean, it's just like... 
Like, okay, if you don't agree with his morals or any of that shit, Move then... on. Like, quit using them. But For he's sure. like, he knows his brother's the key to his to, success. To his success, yeah. Yeah. It's a little so, sad. It's pretty sad. It's interesting. Because he, cr- he craves he craves his brother's power. Yeah. That's all he wants. I, I don't think that his morals are... Because I think... Listen. He cares more about the greater good than his brother does. But he thinks you should do things the right way. And that's what Moses states. That's why he won't blackmail him with that information. Let me throw, let me throw a, uh, a what if at you real quick. And if! 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 Let's say the roles were switched. Moses was in the uh, bum role and <coughs> Willem <coughs> Defoe yeah. was in the uh, Moses role. Moses what do you think? blackmailing do you think, the shit out of him. Yeah, do you, think, him do you think that Willem Defoe's character would... How do you think he would handle power? Do you have the power? Does he? Do you think he would have the power to let go of that power? It's an interesting thought. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so because uh, I think that I think that diner scene showed his character a little bit. Most people are. not. I think that showed his character. A mooch. Mooch. I, I, I think. I, I think. I get my hat, you fucking really mooch. Willing to let go of power once they have it. That's what. Like it takes. It takes. It takes a lot for. Like it really shows yeah. somebody's character. For sure. Absolutely. Like, to be given power and then to have to surrender that power for whatever reason. I think that makes a good leader, though. If you can do it under the right circumstances, like, yes. Yeah. But if you, if you, like, if somebody's like, hey, you gotta, like, come up off this, like, and your first reaction is like, bitch, now. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, ball matter is someone who's power hungry. Ball matter is someone who's power hungry. And it's intolerable. It's it's a fucking nuisance. That's it's a nuisance. It it's, it's a nuisance. It's, it's really and, uh, ridiculous. And I mean, any I think, I think any, I don't want to say any normal person because I don't think there's really a normal person, but I think humans, we naturally react to having power. I think we want to keep it. Yep. Yeah. Well, we are we are apex. Absolutely. So yeah, like, it's kind of know, normal. Like I mean, it's the second you go to the top of the food chain, what do you want to do? Keep that. You want to keep it for sure. I mean, Alec Baldwin's character, uh, Moses, in the movie, at the at the end, you find out, I mean, of course, during the movie, you're finding out, like, he's a piece of shit. But to me, it wasn't until the very end that you find out that he is a total fucking piece of shit, with, when you find out about the rape. Because... The rape, and not only that, but he's like, yeah, there's no reason to deny his plans. <clears throat> and right. then you wake up the next morning, he's like... He's like denied, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh shit!" There's no reason to deny this. Deny that. Yeah, that like, was, yeah, other that than was, to yeah. say, "Fuck you." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's all it is. It's just a there's power, no it's a power good trip. him. It's no good trip. him whatsoever. Power trip. No. Yes. And they keep they 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 continuously show a scene of him swimming. Maybe not continuous. They show him swimming a couple of times. Twice. Yeah. I, I think that that might be like. A bit of a, I don't, I don't want to say like a psycho thing, but there's a reason why they show him swimming. There's a reason why they show him in that space. You know what I mean? I don't know the exact reason, but he's a power freak. Yeah. Racing and, well, I should say like running, running, swimming, any racing sport, they're kind of known for their athletes being power hungry. They want to beat the next man. They're not good in team scenarios. So when he's swimming, he's swimming to beat the next man. He's power hungry. 
He's not playing on a baseball team. Yeah, he's he not wants, playing he with a team. He wants to be the best. I'm going to swim faster than you. He's not running. He also smokes. I don't know if that... I mean, of course, well, he, he is swimming a pretty good pace, if i got to be honest. I was timing it. Very good pace. Yeah. Looking at about a 13-second... Uh, no, I'm kidding. 13-second <laughs> <laughs> split, you're like... I was like, how far... Charles was super impressed for a second. No, I was, I was like, <laughs> I was like how, how far is this going to go right now? <laughs> Yeah, Charles. Like now, I've seen this routine before. Yeah, let's, let's, like, wait a minute. I've, seen, end I've seen this guy lie to me before. He's is, doing it right I, now. I was like, coming yeah. crashing down. <laughs> I've known you for like <laughs> over a decade, so I'd say close to uh, thirty-five years. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I do think that him his sport of choice being swimming is a, a, a uh, is a specific choice. I, I think that this is a specific choice. If because running. Running looks weird on camera, if I had to guess. Yeah. It's easy to keep swimming in a contained space. It's it's more fluid, for sure, for on sure. the camera. Yeah. yeah. Fluid! Oh, wait! Did I just make a pun? Oh, <laughs> wait! I think we should end right there.